Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Combat Cast. We are live and cooking. And uh, Chevy, what's something we got coming up? All right. Next week, January 28th, no UFC fight card. So Dave and I are going to duel again, MMA Jeopardy. So uh, 2023 edition. Um, Thank for me, but uh, <laughs> I got right. February 5th. There's a weird fight card. Uh, that is a Sunday. Um, UFC fight night, Lewis versus Spivak. The main card starts at 1 a.m. Eastern. So uh, we'll be watching that in our leisure time on Sunday. Yes. Uh, I'm not staying up for that one. So <laughs> um, February 11th. UFC 284, Makachev versus Volkanovski. Going to be a huge card. Looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, be very interested to see how that plays out. Um, we'll get more into it as we get close, but uh, I still don't even know who to favor in that. There's so many different variables uh, for that fight. Um, just because Volkanovski, his first time. I feel that kind of way we're going to get into the news. I don't know if you want to start with that John Jones gone fight. For me, I favor Jones because it's just it's John Jones. Even though I may not like him, he is the greatest, arguably UFC heavyweight, uh, UFC fighter of all time. But first time at heavyweight, three years off, uh, you know, never competed at this division. What does he look like? And his last couple fights looked human, looked like a beatable right. guy. He got hit. And so right, can, can you withstand those shots at heavyweight? Right. Um, I just think he can because. John. lucky, you know. And, and John, he, he he took the time to put on the weight. So you think, and uh, he looks like a beast. But uh, but he's getting good. older too. Yes. So there's a lot of different things here, uh, and I don't think Gon is the toughest matchup for him at heavyweight. I think a Nagano was because of just the overall power and the wrestling he started to display. But next to that, I would have said Stipe. I would argue even Curtis Blades because of the wrestling. Very, very bad matchup for Gon. Curtis Blades right. for sure. Yeah. So um, I feel like Gon is one of the more favorable matchups. I mean, although very technical in his striking and no pushover because he's still one of the elite. I don't think this is the worst matchup he could have got. So it's very interesting. Right. Uh, John Jones still, I think, has like the longest reach in the UFC. So that won't make a right. big difference. Uh, you know, his cage IQ is off the charts. Uh, I'm sure that he saw what Francis was able to do in the grappling department, although I assume Gon did not anticipate that. But he's not going to be able to stop a John Jones takedown. DC couldn't stop one. So no. I, I just, I think, you know. Even with all those variables that you were saying, John Jones is still the greatest that the sport has to offer. It hurts me to say that, but 
those are it's, facts, and he's going to eat Gon up. Until we see otherwise. Yeah, gra- <laughs> I think he'll control it with the grappling, and if he wants, he'll do well on the feet as well. So Another analogy I'll draw here, too, and I hate to knock him, and I'm excited about the upcoming fight, and I'm happy for him. Leon Edwards got the win over Kamar Usman the last time, but Usman, to my, like from what I've seen, um, finishing guys at welterweight, looking dominating, beat everybody in weight class, Beats Edwards up in their first encounter. Years later, they fight again. Usman is dominating the fight all the way to that final round. It's like that stuff can happen. You know, like Jones could get caught still. But like, you know, is Usman, I I still don't believe he's not the best welterweight currently until I see otherwise, you know? so Right. I think just the chances of him getting caught because of that heavyweight is, is just a, is a greater percentage. So, Absolutely. You know? I think We're that would be, with Francis. Sorry to not see that fight. I don't know if you want to go into that one next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. obviously, uh, Francis Ngannou is now a free agent. He's just no longer beholden to the UFC. Um, he's talked about, I mean, I haven't heard much about it recently, but going to boxing and possibly yeah. boxing Tyson Fury, who seemed open to it at one point. What do you think right. about that? It's interesting. I think it's where we're going. I'm going to throw another one at you. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, we'll go to Dana's response to a little bit here, uh, which I know he got heat and stuff too, but it, it's okay. It, there's, there's something like I, I'm actually, let's not hold a division up if he's not coming back. So I don't have a problem with that. The He's taking, um, he wants probably in his estimation, and again, he's wording it very carefully. He's saying, in his opinion, lesser competition for more money. Well, if he wants to fight with Tyson Fury in boxing, that's not lesser competition, and it's definitely not less money. <laughs> so that doesn't really add up. It's like, let me just say that we couldn't come to terms, and we don't want to hold the vision up. He wants some stuff. We're not willing to give him right time. We, di- You could even say, we thought we offered him a sweet deal, the highest paid UFC heavyweight of all time. But at the end of the day, he's looking to do something that we're no longer looking to do. I would have like totally respected that answer. Um, as for Nagano versus Fury, for him, I hope it happens. It's obviously like when you talk about a guy like McGregor going over to fight Mayweather, we saw what happens. But at the end of the day, they're at least matched up. You have a younger MMA fighter who's predominantly a striker. In this case, we're going against one of the all-time great heavyweights who's got unbelievable footwork and can knock you out. It's heavyweights. It's more dangerous like we talked about. Francis obviously has more of a a puncher's chance than a McGregor say or someone. But... When you're talking Tyson Fury, who moves around like a much lighter man, that chances start to dwindle. And he took those shots from Deontay Wilder, who right. is a monster puncher in his own right. So, yeah, um, I just don't think Francis technically would be good enough to. I mean, no. he might hit Tyson a couple times, but I don't think he could put him out with one shot. But I don't know. Francis is a monster too. Did you I, hear the rumors? I want to ask you about this. Did Jake Paul? Well, I know it's been already today. He's talking about fighting uh, Tommy Fury, and that's all. But but there was actually Jake Paul was putting it out there. Someone's put out there. Jake Paul wanted to fight Francis Nagano. <laughs> what do you now? Let's say that Jake was willing to fight about a heavyweight and didn't care about whatever the weight. Blah blah. blah. Jake's obviously a more skilled boxer. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna entertain this. Jake Paul would die in the yeah. ring. If he dies, he dies. He would die. But um, yeah. We'll we would draw money for PFL. 
Hell yeah. And, you know, and uh, Jake Paul's family would get a lot of money when uh, he, <laughs> he died. So, I mean, if you're PFL, I say you can make any kind of fancy boxing match with Jake Paul, and then you can convince Nagano to go win their heavyweight champion and do an interpromotional match with Bellator or something. I mean, I talked about this before. I said, wouldn't it be interesting if Francis left and just started capturing other MMA heavyweight championships before he fought Tyson Fury? Like, you could build this up in a spectacular way. Like, he's clearly the top heavyweight in MMA. We already know he is. But I'm saying, you know, of all time. And then, of course, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to do it in a bot. Unless Fury, who, who could, has the cojones to say, you know what? I'm going to do this in a kind of, um, you know, we'll do uh, boxing, then we'll do MMA, or even a uh, hybrid rules. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, if they did that, wow. Now you got even a hardcore person's attention, right? Where you're like, okay, you do the first round. I would imagine Tyson being the A-side would probably say, I'm going to do the first two rounds <laughs> boxing. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. Shit, if Francis could hold on for two rounds. Ugh, that's an interesting fight. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the capturing all the belts and then fighting Tyson seems interesting, but I don't We're know for risk. MMA, it, it puts boxing on a pedestal above MMA, I would say. Um, but, you know, if you're going to go do their sport, they, they should be at the top. But right. um Overall, I'm I'm just happy for Francis. I I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. I think I heard Schaub or something say that, uh, and I agree with him that it's not outside the realm of possibility that Francis comes back to the UFC. I, I think maybe if he just gets this Tyson Fury fight, which the UFC was unwilling to do, uh, sure. which makes sense after Connor, because I mean Connor owns part of the company and his right. logos for his companies are all over the place and shit. I don't think the FC want to make that mistake again. So if Francis makes his name so undeniable and it's worth it. You do business now, but if you're UFC and he just gets smoked and he kind of goes away, well, then you still might do business with him, but he may not be worth the same money to you. And then, right. so, so if you're UFC, I kind of understand Okay, we don't want to do this. Let's see how this plays out, and we'll see where we negotiate with him in the future. And if you're Francis, hey, I'm betting on myself. I'm X amount, you know, years old. I don't know what he's thirty six, thirty five, but like, yeah, he's so up there, thirty six. So yeah, so he takes this opportunity, even if it doesn't work out. It's his biggest payday. He could still make money for other companies like the PFL and Bellator. So yeah, why not? I'd say this made the most sense. For these two to kind of separate actually and for the ufc obviously they're betting on john jones because they didn't want to pay francis all this money and then john jones comes in and destroys francis and then they have a rematch and john destroys him again or whatever so so the, the thing is is if john goes through gone that builds the fight against francis even more for francis to come yeah. back and he would and francis would make more money on his return if john wins so no total hypothetical obviously this is way too many variables but what's this we're playing we're playing like this you know fantasy anyway nagano wins a pfl bellator title like i said he goes on he somehow beats tyson fury in a hybrid fight too biggest fucking day jones smokes gone then he beats stipe on top of it this is the year they have maybe jones even knocks out no 
And then the following year, you you know, if they could get her back, you know, like Nagato versus Jones for the undisputed UFC heavyweight champion. It would be a fight of all time. It'd be the biggest heavyweight fight of all time. Biggest fight of all time. Biggest UFC fight of all time if that happened, for sure. Absolutely. It would be a modern era, Ali, Frazier, Ali, Foreman, and mixed martial arts. It would be huge. Yeah. So, uh, um. As far as DFC betting on John Jones, that'll lead us into our last piece of news. Uh, John Jones is now the second highest paid uh, UFC athlete after yes. Connor, obviously, according to John's management. Yep. Um, I mean, why, why not? I mean, he probably has the at this point, other than Connor, he has the biggest name out there. Um, he's kind of stayed out of the trouble in the last year or so that I can remember. It's kind of hard to keep tabs on John, um, but uh, nothing crazy that I remember. So, yeah, I'd say um, let's see. He got kicked out of his gym, right? So, and that you know, people talk about that, but he's that could be a good with Cejudo now. Yeah, so I mean, you know, that could be a good thing. You know, you get the right people around, you have a fresh start. Um, I'm kind of personally, I was really already done with John, but I mean, you know, if he's able to do that, he got lucky ninth, ninth chance for him and uh, he can pull it off. I mean, I can't hate on anybody that changes their life around. So uh, I'm not a fan, but still at the end of the day, I respect what he's done and I can't argue with the value that this guy probably brings to the UFC. Right. I agree with you. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Move on to last week's card. Yes, uh, a card that we both admit uh, I did not watch. You did not uh, send you I was something. in and out. Yeah, in and out. Yeah, so um, I just put a couple things together on potential fights for the main card uh, Main card winners. I think we'll just breeze through this. Um, Umar Nagamedov, uh, undefeated Bantamweight. I thought, you know what, moving up a couple rankings higher than him. Why not Pedro Munoz for the next fight? That's good, especially with Umar's uh, striking that he showcased in this fight. Um, yeah, Pedro, excellent on the feet. So I don't know if he could withstand Umar's wrestling, but that's a good matchup to find out a good progression to move him along the rankings, too. And like I said, we're going to breeze through this. So Raquel Pennington, we're not even going to um, really entertain this too much. She is the number two contender after her win over Vera. To me, she waits for uh, Pena and Nunez to fight, and I don't see any other reason. Like, I mean, unless that fight never happens, she has to take a fight. But right now, if I was her management team, I mean, at this point, too, Nunez could be close to retiring or something. So I would say just sit on waiting for a title fight. Yeah, probably the right choice. Yeah. Unless, uh, uh, you know, somebody else makes a name sure. for themselves in the meantime, you know. Absolutely. Call them out. Um, Roman uh, Krylov. I don't know if I wrote this down right. He Kofi was a, love. He he wrote. Uh, he was victorious. Uh, middleweight. Uh, I thought. Uh, you know, I didn't see him in the rankings yet. So a guy that I kind of I think I can't remember if he was ranked thirteen or but we know very well. Kelvin Gastelum not able to fight on this card. He hasn't fought in a while. I thought okay, up and comer guy. Could also Kelvin's that guy, right? He's durable. Let's see where Kelvin is at this point in his career. Let's see where Roman is. That would be an interesting fight. Yeah, that's a good matchup. I like that. I actually hope we get to see that. If we don't, I still want to see the Gaslam versus Imavov uh, sure. fight. But if we don't get that one, uh, I'd be down to watch him and Kapilov for sure. And uh, this one, I think I actually did like uh, 
Dandy Ige, after his impressive victory, looking great. Yeah, he looked uh, fantastic. Uh, looked fantastic. This is the one I, I saw this one. He's ranked. Basically, we both know how we both feel. <laughs> we checked this out. Ranked number 13, though. And I was looking at the rankings. Just a couple ahead of him. Number 11, coming off a loss, Bryce Mitchell. I thought, hey, there's guys with relatively good names. Let's see them. Different styles. Bryce likes to use that wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested in that fight. Yeah, that's a good matchup, too. Uh, I think I'd favor Dan. Uh, if we see the Dan that we saw this weekend, I think I'd favor him over Bryce in that one. But good matchup. Mm. All right. And finally, Sean Strickland, who got the victory. He's ranked number seven. Um, he's already had kind of his chance at some of the top fight guys. So I think he's got to fight his way back up still. But I had a couple guys that were slightly ahead of him. One of them, I'm not so sure where he is in the UFC, Paul Acosta, uh, who's number uh, six right now. So I didn't actually put this one down because I think he's in negotiations. For his he's contract. like refusing to fight or whatever because he, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't go with him. I went with a guy who I believe has said he's looking to fight again, Derek Brunson, who's number five. And I thought Brunson with his striking and wrestling is a very interesting match. I probably favor him, actually, stylistic over Strickland. But I thought I agree. I think I would favor Brunson as well. I think that's a good fight for him to get back into uh, contention for a title shot, which obviously coming back from his very short retirement um, would be what he's trying to do. Yeah, I agree. Um, so those are some fights we'd like to see based off the winners. I think that's pretty good. I think it's time we look at uh, this weekend. Yeah, very excited about this weekend's card. We're back to pay-per-views. The first pay-per-view of 2023, UFC 283, Teixeira versus Hill from Brazil. Mm, awesome. So, uh, go ahead. There, there's a lot of good fights on this card. Um I just want to shout out uh, Cody Stamen and Terrence McKinney are on the early prelims. Um, the disrespect from the USC of putting them on the early prelims, I don't understand unless you're yeah. just trying to get eyeballs on there. But maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't have Fight Pass anymore because it has almost no value. So uh, right. I won't be able to watch them. But keep an eye out for them if you have Fight Pass. Uh, and maybe that's the argument. Maybe they see that. And maybe that's why they're trying to do that. And they're going to start loading that up optimistically i'll come up with that i don't know, <laughs> yeah, know? I don't know. They, they just have too many fight cards to really have loaded cards like that all the way down but yeah. anyway we'll move on to the prelims uh which there are a couple interesting fights first i just want to highlight haltion almeida versus shamil abdullah gimov um almeida is a minus 900 favorite which is ridiculous in mma unless you're like an amanda nunez or mm-hmm. something like that uh it's a ridiculous betting line. So I, I expect Haltion to have a number next to his name um, when they do the rankings next week, for sure. Shamil's very tough, but. Heavyweight. I mean, you know, that's what's interesting. And at this point, too, with John Jones coming into the heavyweight division, not a bad time to be an up and comer trying to make a name for yourself. Uh, when the heavyweight division gets a bigger profile name like that. So good on, uh, Hopefully, Almeida ends up uh, doing as well as we think. And maybe he's a guy we're talking about a year or two from now in a title picture. Right. And then the uh, featured bout on the prelims, Mauricio Shogun Hua versus Eeyore Porteria. This is Shogun's final fight, um, his retirement fight in the UFC in Brazil, from his home in Brazil. Uh, Shout out to him. Is he, is he, uh, now he's retired from MMA altogether, right? I 
think so, but you never know with these guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a guy that could make more money probably still uh, elsewhere mm-hmm. and fight lesser competition. <laughs> um, so I get that. But I think um, I think it's a good t- way for Shogun to go out, you know, in his home country. I hope he gets to win. You never really know. UFC doesn't always do these guys favors, but um, Shogun's had a great career and uh, one of the true legends. Uh, his fight with uh, Dan Henderson, their first fight, absolutely epic back and forth fight. So, um, and all the great fights he had in Pride. So, if you're uh, a new fan, I would always say go back and check some of Shogun's uh, greatest fights. He's definitely got the resume. Yeah, I'm rooting for him too. Um, but you know, usually these careers don't end in a win. Uh, even if you're fighting at home, you know, look at Frankie Edgar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm rooting for Shogun. All right, move on to the main yes. card. Excellent main card. Uh, we're going to start start off with Paul Craig versus Johnny Walker. Absolutely. I'm so glad we're starting off with this fight, too. Paul Craig is 16-5-1. He's got um, – uh, oh, hold on a second here. All right, I don't know what I wrote down, but uh, this doesn't seem right. I got three KOs. So he's probably like 13 subs and uh, – Paul Paul Craig has never gone to decision. That's my point. Every fight he's ever won, he's won through a finish. Okay. Um, now he's won four out of his last five. He did. He is coming off a loss, but he's had performance of the night seven times. He's absolutely when you hear puncher's chance. Paul Craig is the he's submissions chance. All right. He's always going for submission. Now puncher's chance is his opponent Johnny Walker, nineteen and seven. 15 KOs, three subs, one decision. He's only gone to decision for one of his victories, too. This fight is probably going to be finished. Between both these guys, they had performance of the night 11 times. Um, this is absolutely a banger to start this show off. Walker is coming in here in his home country, Brazil. He absolutely has what it takes. I don't think he's the overall better fighter, but he absolutely has what it takes to pull off the victory here. He's going to be jacked up. He's going to be looking for that. I, it pains me to say this because I love Paul Craig. I think he's such an entertaining guy. But I have this feeling he's going to get caught. And here's the thing. As good as like Paul Craig is on the mat, I don't know that Johnny Walker is like, you know, I don't I don't know if he's just going to go through him. I think Paul Craig could submit him. But like, I think Paul, I think Walker might be capable enough to keep it standing. And I think he's just stylistically, he's just got that um, power advantage is going to play a part here. I like Walker. I say he's going to get it done in round two. Uh, TKO. What's up, Sean? Yeah, sh- uh, quick shout out to Sean Shamrock. You know, congrats on your new position with uh, Proper 12. You know, friend of, friend of the show, Sean Shamrock. Oh, yeah. I always see him at the Bellator shows. Love this guy. So. That's right. Uh, all right. So. I agree with you with this fight. Uh, obviously, it's a striker versus grappler matchup for sure. Craig is always super dangerous, uh, especially off his back. Um, and I agree with you that on the feet, Walker has a huge advantage. But uh, I don't know if guys have quite learned that you don't follow Paul Craig down to the ground. If you put him down there, you know you need to just back up and let him back up. Right. Uh, so we'll see. I know that. Uh, you know, speaking of Sean Shamrock and Conor McGregor, uh, I know that Johnny Walker trains at SBG. So hopefully Kavanaugh has him, you know, zeroed in on what he needs to do and right. keep this fight on his feet. So 
It's a very I, interesting fight, though, because of their styles. Right. So I, I agree with you, though. I do think I'm going to give the nod to Johnny Walker. I think he hurts Craig, and uh, he's disciplined enough not to follow him down. So yeah. I'll, I'll say this ends in a decision for Johnny Walker. All right. All right. Move on to our next fight. Lauren Murphy versus Jessica Andrade. Jessica Andrade, 23 and 9, 9 KOs, 8 subs, 6 decision. Former UFC woman's strawweight champion. Um, she's tied with Rose Namanunas and Amanda Nunes for most finishers in UFC women's strawweight history. Uh, most knockouts in UFC women's strawweight history. This is bantamweight, obviously, but I believe she's like the number two or number one contender right now. Um, so like one win here in Brazil, like she's in um, title contention uh, at flyweight. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I said, yeah, because I, I think she's number six. I think it's, Lauren Murphy is number two, and I think Andrade is number six, if I remember correctly. You know what? Because she's been going up and down the in weight classes, right. I think that messed with her ranking a little bit. Let's talk about this a little bit here. Hold on a second. Got me. Because she beat Amanda Lemos in her last fight there. Oh, so yeah. Okay. All right. Well, regardless, um, Lauren Murphy, 16 and five, eight KOs, one sub, seven decisions. She's won five out of the last six. Murphy is hard to beat. She is one of those uh, competitors that if you're a knockout as your finisher, Murphy doesn't usually let you do that. She's going to drag you to a decision, and she knows how to do that. Good luck. <laughs> this is Jessica Andraz. She's an animal. She has a lot of power at any weight class in the women's division, at anyone she's fought at. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I got... I think Murphy could make this a tough fight because she knows what she's doing, but I think Adras is going to catch her at some point, and I got this one ended in a TKO as well. I'll say round two again. Yeah, I know Lauren Murphy is super tough and very durable, and I always underestimate her in every fight, but come on. You know, Jessica Andrade is a monster. Uh, yeah. I, I think she gets a TKO in the first round because Lauren does rely on that durability. This is not the girl you want to do that with. So I'm going to go with Andrade, uh first round TKO. There we go. All right. We're going to move on to another very exciting fight. Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny. All right. Gilbert Burns, 20 and five, six KOs, eight subs, six decision. But I mean, if you look at the guys that Gilbert's lost to, like he lost to Usman in a fight. He got caught. But a fight that he also knocked Usman down several times and was looking good at. And then look at his last loss was to Hazmat Shemaev, who's dominated everybody. Didn't dominate Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns took him to the limit like nobody else. Almost won that fight. He beat Steven Wonderboy Thompson in between there. Uh, he's got fight of the night. I'm sorry, performance of the night four times. Just a great, great fighter. Great guy. I'm a big fan. And his opponent, great guy. Uh, this is why I think it's a little different. Very good fighter, right? I think there's a, there's a separation here. Now, I'll go with this, though. Magny's 27-9, and nine, 7 KOs, 4 subs, 16 decisions. He's got all kinds of records. He's tied uh, for most fights in a calendar year, most decision wins in UFC history, uh, most decision wins at UFC welterweight in history. He's got ties with... George St. Pierre, Usman, and Edgar for um, second most unanimous decision wins in USA history. Like he's the, he's a distance guy. He can take you there and he can drag you down, and he's constantly improving. So because he's constantly improving, you never know 
what he might bring to the table. And I think he's always in these fights. But based on what I've seen in the past, I can't go against Gilbert Burns because I think he's one of the elite and he's right there. Um, I got Burns. I'll say a submission and I'm going to go round two again. Yeah. Neil Magny is a fantastic fighter. Um, He has a lot of intangibles. He gets better as the fight goes on, um, which is rare. It's Tony Ferguson-esque. But, you know, he is great, mostly standing. He's good against the cage with clinch work, and he can wrestle and stuff. But his weakness is against top-level jiu-jitsu guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, although Gilbert Burns has fallen in love with his striking, um, let's not forget where he comes from. He is BJJ master, um, world champion level. So this really is dependent, I think, on if Gilbert fancies himself a striker and he wants to go to war with Neil Magny, or if he just wants to get back to a title shot, he just takes Neil down. You know, not not a super easy task to get Neil down, but eventually he will get him down, um, and submit him. So. I think that Gilbert's going to be smart enough to do that. Uh, I'm going to agree with you, actually. Round two submission for Gilbert Burns. All right. And uh, the next one here. Yeah, we'll move on to our co-main event. It's our first title bout of the evening. Davison Figueredo versus Brennan Moreno for a a very rare fourth fight um, in the UFC. I didn't write the records down for this. I didn't want to. I actually chose not to because I think there's more of a story here. We don't even know to go into the records. The records don't actually matter for this. This is the fourth fight between them. For Davis and Figueroa, this is his fourth fight in a row against Brandon Moreno. Yep. Moreno has had one fight in here where he won the interim uh, flyweight championship against Kai Carr of France. What is interesting about these fights? All right. First fight they fought was a draw. All right, a fight where Moreno looked better than he had ever looked in his career, comes and improved, and Figueroa, uh, I would argue, could have had this victory. He had a point deducted in the uh, third round for a groin shot. All right, so there wouldn't have been a draw if you don't take away that point deduction. Okay, so now they meet again in their second fight. Moreno looks like a completely different fighter. He finishes him, I believe, in round four, if I remember correctly. He got the the tap out. Um, So it was late in the fight. And I'm like, after seeing that, if these two fight again, I'm thinking Moreno's going to win. Like, it was going to be a competitive fight, but he's got it. Nope. (laughs) Mr. Figueroa starts training with Henry Cejudo and picks up things fast, which, by the way, we might have to start thinking how good is Henry Cejudo as a coach because we're seeing rather quick results here. I agree. Right. And uh, Figueroa gets the win by decision. Moreno again hangs in there. So here are the variables. Uh, Davidson has not fought uh, in a little while since that last fight. Moreno has. Will that work in Moreno's favor or not? Has Davidson been spending all this time training with Sahuro and becoming the unstoppable wrestler? 
Does it matter? Because every time we see Moreno, he looks even more unstoppable. And not unstoppable like he's adding all these wrinkles. Like suddenly he just has even more endurance, more of a chin, and he's even a better striker. It's like, uh, how does he get better at that? He does. <laughs> um, beyond that, too, this is without a doubt already been the greatest trilogy in flyweight history. Mm-hmm. Exception, no exceptions here. This is absolutely it. It's arguably one of the best trilogies in MMA ever. It might be, and it probably doesn't get the respect it deserves because of the flyweights. All right, and they don't have the names. Which you when you watch these fights, just in terms of excitement and what they bring, absolutely, I would say this is arguably the best feud in MMA of all time, and not because of a lot of there's been a little trash talk here and there, but not because of that, but because of what they do in the octagon and each other, and how all their fights they each continue to improve every time they meet. I am going to guess who's going to win. Based on everything they've done, there is no way I could confidently tell you who's going to win this fight. They both seem to be different every time. It's in Brazil. Fuck that. I'm going with Brandon Moreno because I like this guy. And I think at the end of it, if he does put on the performance he would, this Brazil crowd will turn and actually cheer for Brandon Moreno. He's that damn good. So I'm going to go Brandon Moreno by decision. Anything could happen. This could end at any time. It could go either way. They're both that good, and they're both that capable. I'm just ready to enjoy this one. Yeah, I mirror your thoughts on this 100%. I'm just excited for the fight. It, it It's almost not even worth trying to pick someone. They're yeah. so closely uh, contested. Um, I'm going with my heart, probably. Yeah, but. I'm the same. Brendan Moreno is the most likable fighter on the roster. Um, yeah. So... I mean, you know, I, I, I respect Davison for sure. sure. I get it's in Brazil. He is definitely the power puncher, but Moreno shows he has a chin. You know, I, I just hope we get a fight similar to the fights we've seen so far and sure. the fans are treated to something special um, as a warm-up to the main event. So um, I, I do hope I, I am going with Brandon Moreno. I hope he wins. I'm rooting for him, but... Uh, Above all, I just want another Figueredo and Moreno war. So hopefully we get that. Absolutely. All right. We'll move on to yeah. the main event. Uh, speaking of storylines, we got another one here. Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill. All right. Yes. Um, Glover, uh, 43 years old. All right. That's the big thing to be noted here. He's 33 and 8, 18 KOs, 10 subs, 5 decisions. Jamal Hill, 11, 1 and 1. Seven KOs, four decisions, one no contest, a fight he had won, but he had uh, a marijuana violation. So he's really only lost one time. That was to Paul Craig. Um, No shame in that. And that was a little while ago. And I think Jamal is even a better fighter since then. I think he's a guy that keeps working and improving. And there's a reason why he got this title shot, right? Um, That being said, 11-1-1, 13 fights. Grover Shashara. 33-8, 33-8, all right, 41 fights, and over a lot of the best fighters in the world. Um, hold on here. We got our boy Bakui here. Uh, Jamal Hill, minus that crazy loss with the arm kick, has been a finisher. I agree. Um, and I think you could argue to Jamal Hill, like, because of the styles and because Glover's older, I can see where Jamal might catch him. It's kind of hard fight to predict. 
I, however, like Glover in this because Glover has not shown me he's ready to go out yet. Glover is so crafty. Like, you know, like he's got such a high MMA, MMA IQ. He's such, he knows how to survive. Meaning with Jamal catches him early and goes for the finish, Glover knows how to weather those storms. He's probably one of the best at that in light heavyweight history, I think. Not going to be surprised if Jamal catches him and finishes him. He's a much younger man, athletic, and this could be his time to shine. I love, again, maybe going my heart a little bit. Glover's already had his moment, but to get that moment one more time and do it in Brazil, good for him. Uh, I like Glover. I'm going to say Glover uh, will weather the storm. I'm saying he's going to get hurt early, though. Uh, but I think by round four, Glover is going to uh, catch him, wear him down, and I say he'll submit him. Jamal said uh, that he's uh, in his camp, basically that he's on the ground, that uh, he can't see where Glover is going to get him in trouble. I think that's talk. Um, I think you avoid the ground with Glover at all costs. Yeah, I agree. I think Glover has a tremendous advantage on the ground. Um, but I agree with you on, on the feet. I'd say Hill has the big power advantage and I think he has a reach advantage. Um, yeah. So I think Glover will get stunned Absolutely. Uh, at some point. And, but in that he'll drop down uh, for a, he'll shoot for a takedown. Hill will get overly aggressive when he hurts him. Um, and he'll get taken down and uh, just bullied, I think on the ground. So, um, I'm going to go with the memorable moment as you are. I'm going to say at home in Brazil, 43-year-old uh, Glover Teixeira gets it done. Yeah. Um, he, he seems like a big moment guy, so I, I think we're going to continue yes. that here. Uh, I'm going to pick Glover with a fourth-round submission. Oh, okay. So we're in agreement. Then That's actually all right. And uh, Bagley in the comments here, I'm just going to give you some shine. Jamal by KO. Glover hasn't seen a sharp striker like this in a while. I'm not even no arguing. Like that's the, but at the end of the day, I just think Glover can weather it. But I'm not going to be shocked if he doesn't either. He, he Hill's striking is somewhat similar to Augustuson, who really put it on Glover and 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 beat him down bad. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happened either. But I just see Glover in this moment with the moment being right. so big. Uh, I. And it being in Brazil and everything, I think he'll be able to weather it and Jamal might get a little bit overwhelmed. He is supremely confident, but we'll see yeah. what, when he's walking in there and the crowd's telling him we're going to kill you and all that. So, well, yeah, I think the UFC is kind of, um, in particular, Dana White. I feel like he's pretty good with either victory. Like, I feel on one hand, uh, Jamal Hill, up and comer, loves to bang. Like, this is a total Dana White type of guy. On the other hand, Glover, I think, is one of the few guys we've seen Dana White has a legitimate soft spot for and loves this guy. So I feel like either way, the UFC will be happy uh, with this decision. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. Yeah. So, well, we're right. rooting for Glover here, but, you know. Yeah, I, won't, I, I won't hate on Hill. I, I like Hill, actually. But at the end of the day, yeah, I, think, I just want to see one more Glover moment before he goes out. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next week. We're going to be uh, doing MMA Jeopardy uh, January 28th. There's no UFC, so Dave and I are going to, you know, play some trivia. And then uh, February 5th, that's a Sunday, um, UFC Fight Night, Lewis versus Spivak. That card starts at 1 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. 
And then we're moving back into pay-per-view territory. February 11th, UFC 284, Makachev versus Volkanovsky. Should be a banger. All right, guys. Thanks for joining the Combat Cast. And we'll look forward to seeing you. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.